Welcome to another episode of the Dave Stockbridge Podcast. Well, the sun is shining, the birds are singing. It's Dave from Real. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast once again, where every episode I hope to bring you helpful hints and tips that I hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars on your real estate journey. And today my podcast is all about selling the unsaleable. There are those listings out there that uh, have been on the market for a long, long time and just haven't found a buyer. And in often cases, the vendor, well, you know, they, they're experiencing a high degree of what we call market fatigue. They've been on the market for longer than what they'd like to be. The initial excitement and anticipation of finding a buyer early on in the piece has long since dissipated. And now these people are losing faith and quickly. Just recently, we took over one of these unsaleable listings. It was a property in a regional area and had been on the market for three years. During that time, that had three buyers, so one per year. Um, you can understand that the vendor would have been somewhat distraught by this stage, obviously disappointed, and now no longer confident that they could plan for the future. This property was really holding them back from what they needed to do next. Um, and they simply did not have years left to wait for something to happen. Very fortunately, they were put in contact with me via a client of mine who I'd just recently sold for. And actually, these clients were really good to me. They referred me to uh, some other family members who I'd listed and sold around the same time as their home was on the market. And from recollection, this person was referred to me by a former auctioneer uh, that worked uh, within our team, uh, a very highly respected auctioneer and former real estate agent. And so it was, um, uh, I'd come to these people, I guess, through a referral. But you know, naturally, it's it was in a regional area and um, and not the easiest area in which to to sell. And I so I didn't begrudge the fact that the previous agent had struggled with the listing. But I also I'm aware that the mindset of regional agents is somewhat different to that of agents that do the majority of the business in the city. I guess our expectations in the metropolitan area are for a time frame uh, that's more like six to eight weeks. And more than that can seem like a, a long time on the market. Whereas in regional areas, there's certainly less of a sense of urgency as open inspections aren't anywhere near as well attended. Uh, and it can be quite sparse. And often cases, agents won't undertake opens on all of their stock. It's just not possible. And for an agent to make an equivalent income uh, to uh, an agent in the metropolitan area, they may have to carry two or three times as much uh, stock on the market. In other words, properties for sale. Uh, so whereas uh, we might be able to get away with having 20 or 30 listings um, in the northern suburbs of Adelaide as, a, as an active uh, agent, um, you might have to carry 100 or so at any given point in time. So naturally, not every property is receiving the same attention. Um, and those properties that are no longer new releases where the inquiry is dried up and where uh, it seems that inspection numbers have dwindled or are non-existent, that the agent can, and quite naturally, uh, feel drawn to the latest listings or those that are generating the, the activity or the offers at the time. So uh, anyway, understanding somewhat that dynamic, the, the vendor wasn't... Uh, I guess, uh, terribly upset at the agent. They're obviously distraught at their own situation, but they're understanding that the agent um, probably was doing uh, a reasonable job, although it, the property hadn't yet sold. So when these people did reach out to me, and uh, it, it was a matter of, look, can you provide an alternative or a path forward for us? 
So before I even go and look at, a, uh, at the property, I check out the marketing. Uh, there's only a few reasons why a property doesn't sell. Price, presentation, and the agent. So I wanted to identify perhaps what was going on with the property. Now, as is often the case with regional properties, it, it wasn't photographed terribly well. Uh, there certainly wasn't any video presentation of the home. The floor plan, uh, well, you know, it wasn't necessarily formatted correctly. Um, and, uh, and so if you did access it, depending on the device, you might find it really difficult to read. Uh, the, uh, and so I guess from my perspective, there was a lot that we could do uh, from, uh, with the marketing in order to encourage a sale. In terms of pricing, um, it, there's that rule of thumb where if a property starts on the market, 3% above its eventual sale price, it takes roughly twice as long to sell. In regional areas, it's hard to diagnose values, especially as the, the housing style can differ quite dramatically, and this in itself was quite a unique residence. Uh, built early 20th century, uh, the property had received a substantial extension uh, in the 1960s to 70s. Um, it had been subdivided on a couple of occasions, it would appear, but was still on quite a large allotment, although disposed over two titles. And so there were a lot of factors here that made it very difficult to pinpoint value. And so what had happened was that the vendor originally, several years ago, held an expectation, and the agent was more than happy to take it to market and see if that expectation was going to be realised. Probably not entirely cognisant that they were setting it much higher than what the market would respond to. And of course, that quiet response that they endured over that period that they were on the market had somewhat to do with their original release price. And so I was able to diagnose that although price might not be the problem now, as it seemed to be priced quite reasonably, there would be too many people that had noticed the property as it had been on the market for some time who were aware as to what the original expectations were um, might think that there's been a pretty dramatic adjustment already and maybe we just wait a little bit longer and there'll be a, an even greater adjustment. After all, it's been there for three years. So there was no sense of urgency around the listing from a buyer's perspective. So there was a few things that we could remedy in the marketing. The price, I guess, the, you know, like I alluded to, uh, there was no harm initially in asking that prices. The price was very difficult to quantify. But what we did know was that the price that the property was asking was not generating uh, any further uh, inquiry. Now, I had to ask myself, was it because of the quality of the marketing that the property wasn't attracting an audience at the asking price, um, as the asking price seemed reasonable otherwise? And that could well have been the case. But I didn't want to be presumptuous if I was going to take the property over. And as such, when we did, we addressed the issues, the shortcomings in the marketing. And I'll allude to that in just a few moments' time. The other thing that we had to identify was, okay, well, is it the agent? And it's fair to say that the agent, although it was a very good agent, by the way, um, it probably lost some enthusiasm for it and probably some time ago. Um, it was probably the one that was always on the back burner and um, as the, the, the hundreds of new releases would have come through that business in the meantime captured his imagination, um, it's fair to say that this one just fell off the radar somewhat. And if it was really well priced and people were inquiring, I'm sure it would have popped back on the radar. But there's one thing was for sure, that after three years, that agent had very much definitely given it a go and probably deep down had worked out if it was going to sell with him, it was probably going to be a, a fluke of real estate more than 
anything done strategically from the agent's perspective. And so we took over the listing. Um, we took some beautiful photography. Um, and when I say we took, our photographer Jules, um, Jules Barnett from Open A View, did a tremendous job um, and uh, really put the property in a, in, a, in a very, very positive light and captured the essence of the lifestyle on offer. Uh, great photography can be quite transformational. And in the old photos, the property seemed quite dark and almost dingy. In our photos, it was light, bright, and pretty much as was presented in person. The other thing we did was a video. And understanding that the audience, this property had been on realestate.com and all the other websites for the last three years. A buyer wasn't going to be found necessarily through that medium. And so we put together one of our famous, what we've become famous for anyway, of property videos. And, uh, and in that minute and a half, we captured the essence of the residence, the lifestyle on offer and its very best features and put that out in a medium that wasn't going to be competing for attention from other home buyers. As a matter of fact, we were putting it out there to the general community to support us in finding somebody to join their, their, their small town. And so we marketed very heavily in the town that the listing was in. And this had the effect of creating advocates out of those influences in that town. As a matter of fact, the vid property video was shared over 30 times in total. And so the community got behind the listing. So now we've gone from, you know, a property that was receiving very little energy, very little inquiry, to one that was now getting the support of the entire community through nothing more than super effective marketing. Beautiful presentation and a strategy. Now the next strategy was perhaps a little more controversial. The property had been on the market for a long time and as I alluded to before, pricing, you know, you could maybe put some of the, the blame at the feet of the original release price. And so we wanted to remove that as the objection and so we sought to auction it. Now what's the other thing that auction does? It creates a sense of urgency and perhaps even some competition. The reality was, though, I wasn't expecting there to be multiple registrations to be bidding on the property at auction. But what I did want to do is certainly create a sense of urgency. And so anybody out there that had been sitting on the sidelines with it, that had been waiting for a reason to become engaged, or maybe they'd noticed a property some months ago and weren't quite in a position to buy, but now they see it, then they got that sense that the property wasn't going to be on the market that much longer. Certainly, auction has uh, one thing... Uh, going for it, and that is it signals to the marketplace, to the buying public, that you, as a home seller, auctioning your home are indeed a motivated seller. You don't see anybody auction their home for fun. These are always people that are seeking a timely sale at fair and reasonable value, and if they can achieve more in competition, then that's the plan beautifully executed by the agent and wonderful news. Otherwise, most vendors are quite happy with fair and reasonable, that enables them to act on action on their intentions. And so auction serves as a great way of doing that. Now, people would say regional towns in the lower mid-north of South Australia are not auction marketplaces. And, and why would you put your vendor through that? Well, I'll tell you what I did do. I prepared my vendor for every, every eventuality and the likely scenario. And the likely scenario was always that we may have one or two prospective bidders there, unable to bid at auction, but I hope to flush a few people out. And so what was the response? Well, 
the other agent had three buyers in three years. We had four buyers in three weeks. On auction day, there weren't any registrations, but we did flush out one buyer who was showing some quite strong interest that we were able to use and leverage, even though they, they hadn't put an offer, but their interest was enough to create a, a insinuated competitive environment that led eventually to what was several other parties registering some degree of interest and eventually uh, a sale. And now I say eventually, in, I mean in our terms, it was three and a half weeks down the track, four weeks down the track. So in total, the other agent had the home on the market for three years with three buyers and no sale. We sold the property in seven weeks with almost as many buyers as weeks on the market and sold in somewhat of a competitive environment. We created a sense of urgency. We generated fresh attention in the space of people's distractions rather than concentrating our marketing where the attention had already been from the buyers that had exhausted it as a potential purchase. So when thinking about selling a property that may have been on the market for some time and you're looking for a fresh approach, even if you're not in the position to pick up the phone and call me, a few things you need to run through as a checklist are price, presentation and the agent. Can we improve presentation? Now presentation can mean several things, not just how it looks in person but how it presents in online. Marketing, strategy, you need to look at your strategy. Where are you going to get support for the listing from? Will it be the community as we were able to generate in this particular case? Will it be on social media or will it be through existing means? You need to find the right balance and apply it and the acumen of your agent is crucial to ensuring the right mix when it comes to selling a property that's been on the market for some time. But I'm Dave from Real. I hope this offers you some insights as to how we go about reinventing a marketing campaign after a property has been on the market and in this case for years. I hope to bring you more fantastic information in the podcasts to come. We're almost up to 100 podcasts now, and I'm really looking forward to our 100th podcast celebration. It's uh, coming up to uh, our second year now, or coming up to our third year, I should say. We're almost ending our second year of podcasts. So I want to thank everybody who's already subscribed and all those people that have listened and downloaded over the last two years. There's uh, now been over 6,000 people do exactly that across the platforms. And, and I, I really thank you. Um, I, it's wonderful to be, uh, as I was yesterday, I was just in the chemist and the, and the young lady there says, hey, you're, you're the guy from Facebook. I, I see your videos and actually I listen to you podcast is really helpful. Me and my boyfriend are thinking about buying a house and uh, and it was just great to hear. Uh, the other day I bumped into a lady whilst I was at the supermarket and uh, she said, you know what, I, I just love the information that you're sharing. It's great. It's really helping us and we're, we're, we've got a home at the moment. We're looking to buy our next one and when it comes sale time, we're going to give you a call, Dave, which is certainly gratifying and it's wonderful to know that people are, are getting this information and putting it to good use and uh, like I say, my intention with this podcast was always to give you hints and tips that I hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars. I'm heartened that there's another local agent that's now taking taking that whole concept and is uh, executing on his own podcast on a very similar line. Because I, I think, you know, the more information that's out there that assists consumers, the absolute uh, better it is for everybody. And, um, and I hope that 
uh, there's many, many more podcasts uh, in the future. So thanks for tuning in and I'll look forward to bringing you more next time. Thanks for tuning in again to this episode of the Day Sovereign Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook or subscribe to us on iTunes and we look forward to bringing you more next week.